What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who just found out he's married to the most humble person in all the land, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. That was a great explanation of your of your life last night that you gave as we visited with the YCP, the Young Catholic Professionals group who invited you to be on a panel on humility. And here you were trying to figure out, how am I humble? <laughs> You laugh when you say that. It it does strike me to be a little bit humorous, too. I thought, what are they thinking? Because every morning on the morning blend, I get up and I talk about myself. I talk about my family. I share spirituality that I think is important for people to know. And they wanted me to come and speak on humility without letting that fluff me up too much, we'll say. But it was a wonderful way to think about it, though. Mm. Even though it does feel like I do talk about me, I, here's what I think you should know. What I was able to relay, and I hopefully did that well, was that everything that we have, including our talents and things that we we just do well at, are gifts from God. And mm-hmm. we should accept those gifts graciously and be thankful for our ability to have an opportunity to share that. And... I think over the years that I've been here at Mater Day Radio, hopefully and prayerfully, I've been able to do that. But it was a wonderful opportunity to meet a very vibrant group of people and also to get perspective from other people who also shared on that uh, same topic. So again, all in all, it was a great evening. And you kind of helped me and talked to me a little bit about humility and what that means. And yeah, remind, yeah, tell me well, more. You know, and one of the terms that, that came up last night, I thought that was so pertinent is servant leadership. And which is, you know, absolutely what uh, the people that were there last night, uh, Father Peter and you and Tom Previs, uh, who is the, the president of, a, of an, a private engineering company here in the Portland area, you know, you're at levels that are high and one, can, one would consider them to be not humble, but humility doesn't, doesn't ratchet down the higher you go in responsibility. In fact, it ratchets up. And that's that's represented, I think, by the fact that servant leadership is what drives really well-functioning organizations. When the leader is humble enough to serve the staff, serve the people that are working for them, and thereby giving them all the tools and and permission and freedom they need to do the good work. And so I think that whole, you know, so here, when you think of your... You're talking about your things. You're actually inviting people to consider talking about the things that you're queuing in on but are inspiring to them. And I think there's an action there that is the Holy Spirit working in that interview, as an example, that you give. You allow that, and you talked about that so well last night. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, and, and you do that on a daily basis. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes it might go off. But that's what we say about the saints, right, as well. Sometimes they got it wrong, even before they got it right. One of the things in our small groups that we were also talking about that was important to them to know, too, because they're young Catholic professionals. Some of them are just starting out into their career and trying to make their way and and gain a little bit of ground is how to, to create even something as simple as a resume, 
And do it humbly because the whole point of a resume or a, a career vita is to put yourself out there. Right. So, you know, show a company, well, these are all of the great things you're going to get if you hire me. And so that was a concern. And people said, yeah, I struggle with that, that I have these gifts and I try to put it forward. And yet I try to be humble about it. And how do you balance the two? It can be a little bit tricky, especially for them if they're trying to get a foot into a job or trying to work their way up. When Father Peter was uh, introduced by Jesse, the president of YCP, she went down this litany of experiences mm-hmm. that he's had. And he, it really resonated. You could tell with him like, oh my gosh, I feel like that's that's like embellishing me. Like I'm like, I'm not humble by hearing that. But as he hears each of those things that he's gone through in his life, each, each of those steps, it's humbling to know that God has brought you through a myriad of things to bring you to where you are now. And here he is, the the, the head of vocations for the the archdiocese in terms of helping men discern whether or not they want to become priests. And he could not have done that had he not had that that litany of responsibilities prior. So that's that's the beauty I, last night I heard was just that humility in the in the midst of what would otherwise be misconstrued as probably selfish, unhumble when you're when you're seen as a star or a leader or or president or responsible person um, by society. They, they just misconstrue that to the, and I thought it was very well done last night that you guys could bring that back to, to reality, that the truth is, this is extremely humbling. And what also was wonderful to recognize in so many of them, that their journey and their career, many ways, just beginning, and they've got such a wonderful adventure of life ahead of them. And again, just that wonderful reminder that if they use their gifts and talents and glorify God through it, well, it is going to be an amazing ride. In fact, coming up, we have an opportunity to talk with a person, a young person, who has an amazing adventure coming up. She is embarking on a pilgrimage to World Youth Day, and she has a special opportunity to share with Matra Day Radio some of her adventures, and I got a chance to talk with Bernadette Curl. She is going to World Youth Day in just a few short weeks. She's going to be sharing her adventure with Matra Day Radio. And then after that, we'll talk about a pilgrimage that we have coming up and what it means to prepare and be on pilgrimage. So stay with us. we got a great episode ahead on this week's View from the Pew. Oh, the door said, please say thank you. Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. I know you got mountains to climb, but Please join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, in this prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, 
please visit us online at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section of the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for praying with Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the 1800s, Lincoln lost eight elections before he was elected President of the United States. In 1963, Phil Knight started a shoe company. Everyone told him he would fail. By 2016, he had turned Nike into a $91 billion company. In 1985, Shaquille O'Neal was cut from his high school basketball team. He was too slow and clumsy. Coach Brown from LSU met him and told him to believe in himself, work hard, and that someday he can come play for him. He did. And then he wanted to become one of the best basketball players in history. What if all those people listened to the voices that told them they were never going to accomplish their dreams? Friend, if God planted a dream in your heart, don't listen to the people who tell you you're too young, too old, too short, too tall. Go for it and then leave the results to Him. God's dream for you has less to do with what you accomplish and more to do with who you become along the way. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. In a few short weeks, thousands of young people from around the world will descend to Lisbon, Portugal for World Youth Day 2023. And for some, it's a trip that they've been planning for a very long time. And as they pack their bags and prepare for pilgrimage, they embark on an adventure to encounter the Lord with others from across the globe. Here at Mater Day Radio, we have a unique opportunity to experience the event from the perspective of one of the participants. Bernadette Curl was an intern here at Mater Day Radio last year, and she will be at the event and giving us regular audio updates. Bernadette is with me today to share with us much, much more. Good morning, Bernadette. Thanks for joining us today on the show. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? Oh, it is wonderful to see we're doing well. And we are so excited that you came to us a little while ago to let us know about this trip. And we came up with this plan. So that way, well, really, the vast majority of the world will never be able to attend a World Youth Day. So we'll be able to experience it through your eyes and your experience. And we're looking forward to this so very much. So Bernadette, for our listeners, tell us how long have you had this on your mind to go to World Youth Day and how long have you been planning this trip? Right. So it was about a year ago that we found out about it. Our parish, uh, which is led by the missionaries of the Holy Spirit, decided to lead a pilgrimage to World Youth Day and a few other countries before we get there. And so I heard it about it uh, about it about a year ago. And right away, I was like, I got to go. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. The missionaries did a great job of making it very affordable. So it was about a year ago that I decided I wanted to go. And then my brother and my younger sister also decided to, decided to go in the next few months. 
so we've been preparing for it since then, packing for the past few months, <laughs> getting prepared for that. So going on a pilgrimage is much different than a vacation. Share with our listeners a little bit about what you've done, both personally and spiritually, that gets you in the mindset to enter into a pilgrimage and to be able to have this encounter with the Lord, along with thousands and thousands of others who will be in Lisbon to see the Pope for World Youth Day. Yeah, so I guess one thing practically is that we're not going to be living in luxury in the next three weeks. There's going to be a lot of uh, walking, a lot of affordable housing, So, and we had to pack very light as well, so we have to be prepared for all of that, obviously. But the spiritual side of things just adds a whole different dimension. We're going to be stopping specifically at churches and holy sites, which are tourist sites, of course, as well, but specifically focused on those holy places. Uh, We are going to have a going away mass for the whole parish uh, to say goodbye to us. And we're going to be offering up our parish's prayers at the different holy sites we're going to. We're going to be taking, we've been collecting different friends and families, uh, sacramental objects to bring to the holy sites. Uh, And then something personally I've been doing is especially praying to St. Bernadette, who is my patron. That makes sense. To Lourdes, which I am very excited about. So praying to her to pray for me that the trip might be safe, that it might be spiritual, spiritually transforming. Uh, we haven't been, my siblings and I haven't been to s- such important holy sites very often. So it's, it's going to be really amazing. It would make sense, I guess, for, for many of us to recognize that if you are going to make such a trip, you are going to make the most of it. How long from start to finish is this pilgrimage going to take? It's going to be almost three weeks. So we're leaving July 20th and then coming back August 8th. The first week and a half or so, uh, we're going to be traveling to different holy sites in France and Spain. And then about the last week is going to be the actual World Youth Day events in Lisbon and uh, around Fatima as well. Bernadette Curl is joining the show today. Bernadette was an intern here at Matra Day Radio last summer, and she has been in the planning stages of an incredible opportunity to visit World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, and have an opportunity maybe to get a sight of the Pope. So during those weeks, uh, those days, I should say, when you are in Lisbon for World Youth Day itself, do you have an idea of the schedule that will be happening so that way you'll you'll know when there'll be opportunity to gather as a large group mm-hmm. and will there be opportunities to visit with other pilgrims from the U.S.? Yes, so we don't have the like, full complete itinerary as of now, but I, knew, I do know some of the activities and events will include seeing the Pope, hearing an address from him. There will likely be concerts and music. There will be lots of times to gather in big groups with people from, uh, young adults from all over the world. So I know we'll have that opportunity. I also know there's a tradition to meet specifically with people from around the world and trade different pins or uh, little objects that represent the country you're from. So just that opportunity to interact with people from other countries, that's what I'm, I'm especially excited for. Bernadette, have you gathered something like pins or different things from Oregon or the United States that you plan on sharing with people and uh, making a little bit of a trade? Yes. So we have some little keychains with uh, the American flag on them. We have some pins as well. We have some little American flag beach balls. 
and then some different icons and holy cards as well, especially of our of the missionaries of the Holy Spirit's founders, uh, since they're the ones leading the pilgrimage. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the group that you will be going with and some of the people who will also be in your your traveling partners. Yes. So our group in total, it'll be about 150 people once wow. we actually get once we actually get to Europe. Uh, we're starting with about 20 people, some from missionary uh, from missionary parishes on like the West Coast, a couple of people from San Antonio. I know there are about 15 people, 15 of us coming from St. Matthew and Hillsboro specifically. So it'll be about a group of 30 to 40 people total from the U.S. And then we're going to travel to France. And then in Spain, we're going to meet up with about 100 people from Missionary of the Holy Spirit uh, parishes from Italy, Mexico, and Spain, I believe. Bernadette is embarking on an incredible tour, and she is going to be taking Mater Day Radio along with her so that way we can experience just a little bit about what she is seeing. Bernadette, you said that your entire pilgrimage is going to be about, well, almost three weeks, but the main part of it will be in Lisbon. So in the time that you're not at World Youth Day, you said you're going to be traveling to some different sites in preparing for all of this, many people, we get out our travel guide and we look at the different things. In all of the places that you will have an opportunity to visit, is there someplace special that really is important to you that you're looking forward to seeing? Yes, it would definitely be Lourdes because that's where my patron saint, St. Bernadette, is from. I've especially grown closer to her in the past few years, just really learning more about her, uh, praying to her more often. And I'm especially excited to see where she saw the Blessed Virgin Mary in Lourdes and where she lived. And I can't, I'm, I can't even imagine how amazing it's going to be. Like, I can't even picture myself there right now. I'm just, I'm so excited, but... Bernadette, Pope Francis, we have found out, will be spending a day at Fatima to pray with people there. He's going to be taking the trip by helicopter, and it's not going to be a long day at all for him. But will your tour also give you an opportunity to visit the shrine there at Fatima? Yes, they will. I'm not exactly sure what day we're going on specifically. It'll be sometime in that final week of our trip uh, while we're uh, next to Lisbon. But I'm also very excited for that as well. We should have a full day to explore Fatima, at least. Excellent. And then remind our listeners again, uh, Lisbon will be on there, Fatima. You'll Ooh. also be going to Lourdes, France. What are the couple of the other shrines that are also on your itinerary? So we will go to Paris first. So we'll see uh, Notre Dame there, obviously. Uh, some of the Spanish cities include uh, Madrid, Toledo, Burgos. Uh, and then I believe we're also going to Santiago de Compostela in Spain, too. So we'll stop at the different churches and holy sites there as well. Well, Bernadette, it just sounds like it's going to be such an amazing trip. I'm a little bit jealous, but I have all the hopes and prayers for you. We're really looking forward to what you have to send to us. You're going to be sending some audio about your experiences, yeah. some of the things that you are feeling and, and praying for. And we just really look forward to all of that. So well, it's just a few short weeks away. Are you all packed? I am not yet. I'm about <laughs> halfway packed. We're going to get home from our, the trip we're on right now. And I'm going to pack like crazy for about three days. 
We we have it all planned out, though. So we know what we have to do, at least. Excellent. Well, pack well, pack light, and don't forget your passport. Bernadette, thanks so much for joining us today. And it's just great to see you. We really look forward to the audio and some of the video you might be able to take for us and, and carry us along with you. Please, will you take our prayers with you? And we will pray for you as you're on your journey. Thank you, Brenda. I'm looking forward to it. And us too. Again, that is Bernadette Curl. So stay tuned at Mater Day Radio. We're going to have lots of information about how you're going to be able to see the different events happening at World Youth Day. Bernadette, I appreciate your time today. When you get back, let's talk again because I'm pretty sure at the end of World Youth Day, will they announce where the next site is going to be? We're excited to find out where that is. Yes, I am as well. God bless you. Thanks so much. Skies ahead, yes, I'm on my way And there's nowhere else that I'd rather be Tell everybody I'm on my way I could just tell that Bernadette was really excited about the opportunities that await her. Of course, she has a long trip planned. World Youth Day is a part of that. But obviously, since they're going to be in Europe, she's going to be able to see Fatima. And of course, as she said, what she's really looking forward to being named a Bernadette herself was the time that she was going to be able to spend in the Lord's. You know, trips like this, Scott, they're filled with anticipation. You get excited and you figure out how to plan for an event like this. And then there's sometimes a little worry or trepidation about making a big trip, especially overseas. And then when you enter into it as a pilgrimage, it's like the worry just sheds away and it's nothing but joy and excitement, especially the moments that you step foot onto a shrine like like we did at Fatima. We have an exciting trip coming up too that we're planning, something that's filled with excitement and a, a little trepidation as we prepare to lead a group on a trip to Italy. Right, yeah. Having been on a number of pilgrimages in my um, time that I've been a deacon, it's very poignant to recognize that when you prepare for a pilgrimage, it's not like preparing for a trip. The mm-hmm. preparation actually brings you into a different place, and that place is Christ's place. I oftentimes find that pilgrims who go on pilgrimage don't even know to ask that question until they're several days in the pilgrimage. Why have I been called here? Mm -hmm. And that's the point, I think, that is so uh, necessary to realize that pilgrimages are, are not trips, they're calls. Call to enter into relationship deeper with Christ through visiting sacred sites, through visiting places of saints who were walking that way, uh, through even going to the Holy Land to walk on the very ground that Jesus walked on. It's to take us out of the world that we're living in and remind us that this is not the world where we will be left. We are going somewhere greater. And these places remind us of that someplace greater. Scott, last year, you and I were able to join a group from our church to Medjugorje. And one of the things that one of the people that was attending with us, she started for the whole group, which was so incredibly valuable, was that she set up an online group of the people that were attending. And every night for, I think, maybe five or six weeks before we departed, 
Every night at seven o'clock, we would gather and pray a rosary together, no matter where we were. And that was a wonderful way to start to pray for the trip, start to pray for each other who were going on this trip and to set your mind into exactly that. This isn't a vacation. This is really an opportunity to enter into a very close relationship with our Lord. And especially someplace like Italy, where we'll be going in April of next year, the rich history of our Catholic faith that lies there and some of the places that we'll be able to go, the monastery of St. Benedict, the monastery where Padre Pio walked and prayed. We'll even be able to spend some time in the house of Laredo. Oh, that's my, I'm so excited to go particularly to see that. I mean, I, I feel my call on this trip is still connected to Mary. The mother is constantly drawing me into pilgrimages. And this one I think is, is, very much attached to Loretto for me. So I've already mentioned that to some people and they've given me some prophetic word back that, that they think that's the, the reason. So I'm excited about all of that to see. And Padre Pio, like you said, uh, St. Benedict, who we just celebrated his feast day. Um, but to see that or be in that home mm-hmm. that uh, is just is going to be, I think, um, just as transformative as when we stepped onto the plaza at Fatima. Oh. To know that the mother is here with mm-hmm. us. I think I'm very much excited about spending a couple of days in Assisi. That was a place we were able to go to more than 10 years ago on our first trip. And it felt like it was such a short amount of time. And for so many people, they said the daytime is amazing. And at night, it's miraculous. And so I'm looking forward very much to that. You and I are the tour group leaders. We have Father Israel Sanchez right from Mount Angel, Oregon, who happens to be studying in Rome. He will be our spiritual director and praying mass for us while we were on the trip. So it looks to be an amazing trip, a trip that, well, anybody listening is welcome to join in. So I'll be sure to add the information for anyone who could be interested, who might be interested in joining us on this trip next spring. That will be on the podcast of today's show. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Yes. Lord, we are so grateful for the gifts you bring into our lives and so humbled by the uh, grace that you pour out upon us as we do the good work, whether that's the simple work of the day or a great uh, task like we're talking about with this pilgrimage. Help us to remember that humility that you shared with us as you bore the yoke of our sin in the resurrection that followed. Help us to focus on that throughout all of our days and particularly on pilgrimages. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.